Talking Kong, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, episode 46. Podcast mashup, an Englishman in San Diego versus the con guy. And as always, uh, thank you so much indeed. Uh, if you are watching this right now, that means that you have your notifications turned on, and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much indeed. Um, and if you don't, well, get yourself down to the, uh, the notification bell. Subscribe. And, of course, um, join us each and every Wednesday and uh, Sunday. As always, um, the chat is up and running as well. Um, I've just turned the video on Facebook public, which means that is now taking comments. So if you're watching this on Facebook, you should be getting your comments on there as well. On YouTube, on uh, Twitch, and on Periscope. Anytime, anything you want to talk about today, as always, jump in on the comments, and we'll uh, dive in with uh, anything you want to get into today. And as always, I'd like to say thank you to our amazing Patreon supporters. Um, at this point, <laughs> during COVID lockdown, um, every penny counts, and every uh, donation that uh, is being put forward really does allow us to keep the lights on and uh, do what we do. Um, we've got Aaron Nabus who's uh, saying hello. Hola, from San Diego. Thank you very much indeed for joining us, Aaron. We've got ourselves Michael P. as well. Good morning to you. Um, quick update as well uh, about the rest of the shows for the, uh, the rest of the month. Yes, this Wednesday is scheduled to be Bill Sinkevich. It's scheduled to be. It's all now down to Bill. It is our rescheduled show. It's down to... I, I know that I've had a couple of comments on previous uh, episodes along the lines of, we'll believe it when he shows up. Um, and that I totally understand um, because it was a no-show. Uh, but the conversations and communications that I've had via email... We are up and running. We are ready for Wednesday. And I'm, I'll tell you right now, the emails I've sent out to him, I've turned around and said that we're going to try and keep it to the strict hour. No, I'm not. I'm going <laughs> to stretch that bugger out as long as I possibly can. Uh, it's Bill Sinkevich, for God's sake. Damn right, I'm going to get as much of it as I possibly can. Looking forward to it. That's going to be on Wednesday. And then next Sunday, uh, last um, show of the month, we do have the return of Russ Burlingame and Mike Avelia. Um, we had a great time with them last uh, time they were on the show. And so much has happened um, since we had them on. Uh, the world just changes on a daily basis now. I think we all agree. So it's a case of, yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's get them back on and really, really looking forward to seeing the guys. <coughs> there we go. Hello there. Um, if this is your first time watching this, because I know that we're going to be sharing this particular episode out uh, to various platforms. Uh, my name is Leonard Sultana. I uh, podcast under a, the, an Englishman in San Diego, and I run this, Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, each and every uh, Wednesday and Sunday, talking Comic-Cons, con culture, and all the stuff and nonsense that we get to enjoy at such shows when they run. Um, obviously, 2020, it's um, strange, confusing, and wonderful times. 
Um, and to talk about that, uh, we've got ourselves our first podcast mashup. Um, it's a podcast which I'm a huge fan of. Um, they do incredible work online, not just talking about Comic-Cons, but also everything pop culture at theconguy.com. And we have got the con guy, Jim Fry, joining us. And we have the con girl, Katie, uh, as well. Hello there. How are you? Leonard, this is so great. We are... It's early in the morning where we're at <clears throat> here in Los. Me, myself, and Katie are both in Los Angeles. But uh, it was funny because Leonard was tweeting out, "Hey guys, grab a margarita for the show." I'm like, "It's a little <laughs> early in the morning for that," but I got my screwdriver, so I am ready to go. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing it slightly wrong because it's six o'clock here in the UK, and I've got tea because that's <laughs> the name of the podcast. And I really am up for a margarita right now. I'm just <laughs> we're in that kind of period of lockdown. I could really do with a, a margarita. And since we're all on screen, this is where, and because it is a true podcast mashup, we have graphics on screen as well, nice. so we can kind of let everybody know where they can see our own efforts. Uh, so I've had my introduction. It's time uh, to let uh, Jim and Katie have theirs. Um, take it away, guys. Uh, let everyone know uh, who you are and what you do. Uh, I think we'll start with uh, Katie. Ladies first, Katie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am Katie Kalmoto. I am the female part of the con guy. I do our convention update, and I also do ho other hosting stuff for AfterBuzz TV, so I get to do after shows for other other shows on TV, which is fun. And I'm also a cosplayer, so I kind of have that cosplay angle when it comes wow. to Wow. Which shows do you do, Katie? Right now, I'm doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show every yeah. Thursday night. But I did do Batwoman, and I also did Riverdale as well. So Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and my name is Jim Fry, a.k.a. The Fry Guy. We call Katie the... I'm, I'm the con guy. She's the con girl, so... Um, it's, it's a pretty good thing. We have some more hosts on our show, Ben Cleaver, Luke Cheeseman, and Derek Sams. They're really good, really good hosts. But we, um, we started the website, The Con Guy, about four years ago. The, the, web, the podcast is going for about four years. And like you said, Leonard, it's, it's, we are fans first, and we are podcasters second. We are passionate about what we do. All of us met through um, attending the cons and we became friends and all of us have other things like myself and Luke. We are screenwriters. Derek's a screenwriter as well. Ben's an actor. Katie's into cosplay and costuming and she's also done some production. So uh, all of us are going to the, the conventions anyway and we love what we do. So why not do something that lets us kind of get a little bit more involved? So that's kind of where the con guy came from. And so we have a podcast. Ours is usually on Monday nights and we don't do every week. Um, that rascally thing called the day jobs gets in the way of us being able to do it every week. And so we, and plus uh, I pay so well that no, <laughs> you know how that goes. So I, I can't, I can't uh, stress everybody out so much, but it's a great bunch of people. If you guys get a chance, check us out at the And uh, Leonard is a friend of ours. I met Leonard at, I think at San Diego comic Con. D23. Yeah. Well, that was the second time. Yeah. D23. We did meet and we uh, got to go in and sneak in the side and get, I don't want to tell anybody that, but you know, we got to sneak in the side <laughs> and go up and when that Marvel movie panel is showing at D23, I can tell you the lines at D23 are a little bit more challenging, I would think, than yeah, almost yes. any convention. So anyways, that's how that. me and Leonard met. Yes, I remember that particular show because um, it was the uh, time that we decided we were going to hit 
California in a big way. We'll do D23 and then we'll do San Diego. They were one week and apart. It was, it was just one week apart and we would just absolutely hit uh, both shows um, as hard as we possibly could. And I'd done um, San Diego since 2020, uh, 2010, sorry. So I, I thought I knew what camping out meant. <laughs> and then I did three D23, which is like some form of torture. It is some kind of organized, um, it's sensory, depri not deprivation, it's overload. Um, all the lights were on, the air conditioning was full till it was on the concrete down in the uh, the basement. That is something that, there's, they, were, they were playing Disney films throughout the course of the evening, throughout the, over the course of the night. Tangled and Rogue One are two of our, my favorite films, and along with myself and my other half. We now can't watch those films anymore. <laughs> we have been scarred from watching those films because they were blasted out and just, it was, it, that was insane. Oh, you, were, insane. you spent the night down in the basement with everybody and waiting <laughs> overnight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's how lunatic I, I am. There we go. <laughs> well, it was interesting. And in a, it was kind of an innovative thing in an attempt to get people off the outside sidewalk and camping out. They created another giant hall. Come camp out inside and we'll show movies all night, which as you keep, we'll keep you awake all night long. <laughs> that was insane. Absolutely insane. But no, okay. Um, remind me where I'd seen you beforehand then, because I think, I think it's safe to say that, especially when you're doing San Diego Comic-Con, yes. it's a case of everything turns into a bit of a blur. It is. We, <laughs> met, at, we met at San yeah. Diego Comic-Con, I think the year before or two years before, our mutual friend, Tony Kim, who um, crazy for Comic-Con and Hero Within, he had the Game of Bloggers party that he was throwing down at Comic-Con, and we all met there. So there that's when go. you and I first met. There was alcohol involved. That's why I can't remember that. <laughs> I'm surprised I remember. I come upon you. No, you don't say. So, I mean, um, I, I haven't met um, Katie uh, before. What's what's your kind of con history then, uh, Katie? What uh, shows that would you uh, find yourselves usually at? Uh, usually WonderCon and San Diego Comic-Con. I think I went to Comic-Con in San Diego the first time in 2013, but I think that might have been the year where I only went to Nerd HQ because I didn't actually get approved in time to get my badge. So I, I've been seven or eight years consistently since then, and I hang out with these guys, and same with WonderCon because WonderCon used to be where I lived. I used to live in Anaheim, so I used to go to WonderCon all the time because I could just drive from my house there. I've uh, done some LA Comic Cons, some Long Beach Comic Cons, and then I've gone to a few conventions where I just outside cosplaying. I did that for uh, Anime LA, so you know, I kind of, and then we do scare conventions as well. So, Fair enough. Uh, Midsummer Scream, those things. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I want to do a Dragon Con eventually, but I haven't yet. I want to do Emerald because uh, I just hear it's a bit of a, <laughs> a, a bit of a party con, but that's yeah. just me. Same yeah. with same with Dragon Con in Atlanta. It's called uh what 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 was Bernie always calling it? Something Palooza, Con Palooza. Well, I think it's just like the party con yeah. one because it's like it's always partying from what I've heard. And I think it's but. the only one that might happen this year too. This is very true. I mean, what was the last convention you two managed to get to? For me, it was Long Beach Comic Expo down in Long Beach, California, back in January, and it was really early this year, and people were complaining. But now everybody's like, yes, we got one convention in this year. Katie, did you go to Long Beach this year? I don't think I did because I think that was my sister's bridal Wedding. shower. 
bridal shower, I think. Yeah. What was your or last con, Katie? I think mine was actually Comic Con because I wasn't wow. able to go to I wasn't able to go to LA Comic Con because of wedding stuff as well. So I think that might have been my last one, and unless I went for like a day somewhere, but I, mm -hmm. I honestly think that was so. Mm -hmm. kind of sad. Last year, a year ago. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you, let's also put that out to our audience as well. Let's uh, do a bit of uh, reminiscing. What was the last convention that you guys went to? I mean, I know Dan Berry's watching, and I know exactly what he's going to say, because I think the last one he went to was indeed at San Diego Comic Fest, which is now, scarily enough, the uh, the biggest conven uh, comic convention that San Diego is uh, going to have this year, which is, you don't get that phrase said too often. Uh, we've got ourselves uh, a whole bunch of people that are watching. Um, Leanne D, good morning. Welcome along. Uh, Sarita P, reminding us it's Happy Father's Day. If you um, if your father's close at hand, if you've been able to um, at least send them an email or a message and uh, pass on the best words, um, all the best to uh, fathers out there. Uh, we've got uh, Lister Smeg. I think the lines at all cons will be a little bit more manageable this year. It's safe to say that's uh, <laughs> that's a, a fair assumption. And Aaron Neighbors uh, missing the game of bloggers. It was a fun. It's, it was a fun thing that uh, Tony did. It was. Michael, it was still great. I love game of bloggers. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Michael P. Reminding us, Dragon Con is a bigger party. Fair enough. It's uh, nice to know that I'm missing out. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean, I suppose when, the first question I can start with, because it's something that I felt when the lockdown happened and when the conventions uh, started di disappearing off the calendar, it's obviously the, the, the show that I do um, is about convention news and updates. What challenges does a con website have with kind of moving forward when there are no conventions? I mean, what has the con guy been doing without any cons? <laughs> Surprisingly, we've done more shows. <laughs> because, because we're all sitting at home and we have time on our hands. I mean, Katie, would you say that's kind of true? Yeah, and we've had more shows because even if like two of us aren't available, some of us are pretty much always available. And not only that, but uh, our guests that we can have is actually more expansive because they're at home too. And so instead of having to come to a studio, they can hop on a, on a call with us and be on the show. So it's kind of helped us a little bit, I'd say. Yeah, it's kind of weird though, yeah. Because yeah. like Katie, she started a new segment on the show. Um, we used to always preview upcoming cons, but that kind of part of our show went away. <laughs> so so Katie though, she starts, she has this segment on the show called um, Katie's Con Updates. And so she, she will talk about what shows have been canceled, but which ones are going online. And for us, we kind of did shift this year. And I think it's a good shift for us. Um, we started thinking, all right, if nobody's going to any cons this year, let's start, let's shift our show a little bit. Instead of news about cons, let's just start hosting panels that would be at cons. Nice. So we, so that's kind of what we, we still, Katie does her updates. We'd have news of the week, but the majority of our shows are now panels. For example, just, just this past week, we had a fantastic panel. Um, um, because of the, 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 the unrest and the Black Lives Matter um, protests, which are be, been happening, we thought it would be irresponsible for us to ignore that. So we got a great host of some black professionals in the field. Um, we we ha had a lawyer on our show. We had one of the directors of some of the, the WB animated movies on the show, and then a college professor who also wrote the, a book about Star Trek. All three of them, fantastic folks. If you guys get a chance, check it out this week on our site. Um, we call it, it was Black Lives and Fandom. And nice. what is it that 
what is it that people in fandom and that usually attend the cons, it, what, what ways do we see that we can fight racism? What ways are for us to be voices, to amplify voices that need to be heard? So it was a great, and the thing about it, all three of them were friends of the show, fantastic people, but you know, it was a, it, it, we actually lost, we, we lost some subscribers to the, to our, our YouTube channel. People got upset that we were being political or really? whatever. Yeah. It's wow. odd. Wow. Yeah. I find, I find that surprising because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if anything, when I go to San Diego Comic-Con or go to any convention, it's very much uh, embracing the liberal yep. arts. So yep. it's very much that kind of uh, embracing nature of, uh, of uh, just general life and the way that uh, they embrace their fandoms. They also embrace other fandoms and there's a little bit more of mm-hmm. acceptance. I'm stunned that, that wow that there was a drop in yeah. audience. Well, I mean, not, not a big drop. You, you, I'm just. Do you have a kind of rough idea of how many we were talking? It wasn't a big drop. It was, it was when I say it was, it dropped, it was not, noticeable though. It was, <laughs> it, no, it wasn't notable. It was just we were seeing in the comment section people saying, "I'm unsubscribing. I'm unsubscribing." Our response, of course, was "Good riddance. We don't need you, anyways." So, you know, for real, if someone's going to be hateful about it, I, and I get it, everybody has their differences of opinion. We always try to be down the middle. We don't want to offend anybody. But sure. when it when it comes to saying, hey, nobody should die if, because they get pulled over by a police officer, we're going to stand by that. And we're not yeah. going to we're not going to veer off that. And I don't think we even got political on the show. Do you think, Katie? It was Katie was oh, one of the yeah, hosts. No. I sat that one out. But you guys did great, Katie. You guys did great. Yeah. By the way, I do have to say happy Father's Day to my dad. And I have to say, Happy Father's Day to Derek Sams, yeah. who is a host on our show. This is his first year as as a dad. So, oh, excellent! Congratulations, sir. So, that, yeah, <laughs> but like, just to let you know, so we did switch over to the the panel concept, and we had some of our we had some great panels lately. We, have, for example, myself and Katie and Luke, we were able to interview um Greg Nicotero from the Walking Dead franchise. You know, the creative genius guy, nice. and we would not have gotten that interview had we not all been sitting at home. It's the only way that we got him because he was sitting at home and had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I think I had the same uh, kind of setup with um, the, the kind of guests that I've managed to get on. And it is a case of, yeah, I, I mean, when, I, when the lockdown happened here in the UK, I instantly decided to do a show on a Wednesday as well. Um, yeah, you went to two shows a week. I, I went to I was like, how are we doing that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, that there was, it was for two reasons. Number one, so that there would be a real sense of community with the people that were in the audience. I mean, even if it was a case of me just talking nonsense to camera for half an hour, <laughs> it would be some way for um, people who wouldn't be going to conventions, would be in lockdown, just to come together at least twice a week and just talk and just join together as a, as a community. The second reason was... A little bit selfish in the idea of actually marking time because if it wasn't for the twice a week on a Wednesday and a Sunday, I'd have lost all sense of what day it was, how many weeks we'd had, yeah. um, and I'd have just slightly fraying at the edges. I'd have just kind of really lost it. Um, but the same, same with yourselves. I mean, it was a case of the, 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 the level of guests that I was able to get on the show just went up. And mm-hmm. just absolutely, uh, it's, it's taken off with the, the the people that we've been able to get on the show. So same kind of same. Leonard, kind of I, I got to tell you, I got to give you a challenge. You have one of the better shows out there that covers this topic. I love Thank your you. show, but when I go jogging, I have a hard time. I, you need to get on more platforms. I need to hear you uh, when, so I can download onto my podcast. 
I think the difference, the difficulty with that is, I have a problem with listening to my own voice. Oh. So, edit, so editing it would be a big challenge. <laughs> and there's only so many ums and ahs and English pauses, you know, so like the, <laughs> the English pauses, which I think would just trim a hour show down to 35 minutes. I, it's just a case of trimming. <laughs> I appreciate what you're saying, and you're not the only person to say it as well. So, um, yes, I'd like to. I don't know. It's something that I'm, I'm going to have to address and go go audio wise. At least um, get, what, get, a, get on get on Apple. I want I want I want to be able to download and listen to you when I go for a jog. I, I tell you what, because I that's when I got in touch with you a couple of weeks ago. Said, "Where can I find you?" And you're like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> right, I, I your mean, show is so great. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I I do upload to SoundCloud, and it does push to oh. Apple. It's just I haven't uploaded audio for such a long time, and I think that's just. I think the other reason as well is um, when I have a conversation with the guests, I like to see their faces like I'm doing right now. Uh, yeah. It's a case of I like to have an actual face-to-face -face conversation, as it were. So that audio thing kind of um, uh, – it's a little bit of a, a cognitive shift, I think, for me. But, yes, you're not the only one to say it, so uh, maybe I'll just have to – I mean, as part of the, the platform that we use here, um, which is uh, StreamYard, and I know that um, there are various um, uh, podcasts that use this platform. There is actually a button which allows you to download the audio just straight away in full quality. And I should just download it, upload it, and just yep. I should yeah. no editing, right. just let it go. Yeah, I've, 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 I've been told. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah, that, yeah. I that's where I listen to most of my podcasts, either in the car or when I'm out with my headphones on. So yeah. Fair enough. I mean, we've, okay, I do appreciate. Thank you very much indeed to Luke Cheeseman. Englishman has the best voice. Um, he does. <laughs> you know what? I, I, thanks, Luke. I, thanks. Just before, well, it was, it was last year I did a recording of uh, the Double Clicks, and uh, they did it their, uh, the song, Oh, Mr. Darcy. And in there is the line, just because a guy has a cute English accent doesn't make them clever or smart. And I was, at, and it was their first show in the UK, and everyone in the room just went, "Yeah, we, we you've, got, you've got our number on that one. Thank you." So but you can we, but we here in the stateside though, we don't know that. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, we'll listen to anybody who has an English well, accent. When I, when I go out to the, when I go out to San Diego, when I go out to California. The received pronunciation definitely does get ramped up a little bit. It does. It, the BBC accent kicks yes. in. I'm from, York, I'm from Yorkshire. I mean, it, it doesn't kind of work like that. But um, certainly when it comes to the shows that I've been looking forward to going to, I mean, obviously San Diego was going to be the linchpin of my return because it didn't go last year. Um, and it was a case of as the summer rolled on and as the pandemic um, really did make its effects felt, all these shows started to uh, to domino. When did you guys realize because, I mean, there was definitely a moment for myself where you just realized, ah, this is 2020 pretty much a, a wash or yeah. near as damn it. When was that moment when you just went, this is a major – This okay, we knew it was a major thing, but this is yeah. something that really is going to affect all the way down the, the, the year. I was with Katie. Katie, do you remember? It was we my were, last public appearance. <laughs> yeah, we all, me, Luke, and Jim went to a Friday the 13th, 40th anniversary nice. screening. And even then, we when we got to the theater, it was all contactless. Like, they scanned our tickets. 
they all had gloves, they all had masks. And this was like at the very, very beginning. March very 13th. March 13th. And I think that's when it started to kick in that this is a big thing uh, because, you know, they had social distancing in the movie theater when we actually saw watched the movie and like that. And that's, we all thought this is a little, this is a little. Yeah. We were all like, it was every other row. Yeah. Every, every other, other row, row. Every other seat. It, we, yeah. Everybody was very spread out. And it was kind of like, it was a Friday the 13th, 40th anniversary celebration, which we did a show. We were planning to do a show on that. But um, that Saturday is when I personally, well, I was being a little bit selfish because it, it had that Friday. And I, Katie, I think I told you, I said, you know, don't come near me. I think I'm starting to feel a fever at the theater. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this thing's really hitting. And then I went down Saturday and I, I was down with a fever for 10 days. Couldn't eat and, and all the, the other gross stuff that happened with it. And then when I came back, it was like the world had changed. Like I was down. We had podcasts that we were doing that I was not involved with. And by the time I came back, I was back up and running. Um, all the conventions were dropping, were being canceled. Yeah. I don't know when WonderCon, WonderCon, it was supposed to be in March, right? Or March or April yeah. this year. Yeah. 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 And well, so and that I, was the big one. Yeah. At first, well, they I mean, postponed I, it. And then, you know, like a week later, they completely canceled it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I seem to remember that. I mean, that was the one for me because it was also, I mean, we, we've, we kind of alluded to this uh, just before we came on air about the fact that um, the world just changes every two, three days. It's just like you, you have to almost reassess where you are uh, on a societal level, just personally, the, the way that you operate and go out into the world and do what you need to do. Uh, everything changes almost day to day and every couple of days. And for WonderCon, I remember it because they did, they canceled it the week before. Right. Um, it was, it, it was, it was a, a very last minute decision, yep. but it was when they realized that th this was a, a big, a big thing. But I also um, think, didn't they have to get the order from the governor for their, yes, they did. Yeah. yeah. So that they yeah. could, their insurance could kick in. I think they yeah. were waiting for that, but we and all kind of knew they were going to cancel. And it was one of those things where it really did happen that quickly, at least here in, in Southern California. I mean, I was at work. And at the end of the day, they said, yeah, y'all aren't coming back for a while. Like that we were at me. work, we were scheduled a few more days. And then they literally were told, you know, we can't have people more than this many people in the building. And that was it. And then from that, it was just cancellation after cancellation after cancellation, like concerts, everything. So I, f I find it interesting with the timings of the cancellations. Um, it's like you say, I mean, we've kind of had it here in the UK as well with MCM, with... Um, London Film Comic Con, which is still technically going ahead. Um, you've got um, Lakes, which made their decision very early on, but you've had Thought Bubble, which is was scheduled to happen in November. That's got that window of about three months. The timings of various conventions and the the times when they're making that decision decision to cancel, I find has been very interesting, especially with the likes of Star Wars Celebration making that call very early on but also making the decision to postpone, uh, to cancel completely and just move straight on to 2022. And yet we have yet to hear about New York Comic Con, which- No kind way, of makes, no we, way. You don't think? No, they were the epicenter. There are more deaths in New York City, I think, isn't it, than anywhere else in the world? I'm not, don't quote me on that, but I think the number of deaths 
in cases in New York City was so severe, the Javits Center became one of the, the makeshift hospitals. And that's where they, I just don't, not this year. It won't, I, that's my personal opinion. I have no insider, you know, and it's the same folks who do Star Wars Celebration read pop. And, and Leonard, I think that read pop waited way late for Star Wars Celebration. I think yes. that one was yeah. a surprise. Yeah. That, that, you know, California had already declared the state of emergency. All the other conventions had been canceled and everybody's wondering like, what's happening with Star Wars Celebration? Yeah. I, I'm not, completely sure what was taking so long unless they were trying to figure out you know like an online alternative or something but my personal opinion is that new york comic-con will not happen this year i don't see how they could i don't see how the people of new york would be okay with that yeah um i mean i've no i <laughs> i was scheduled to go uh, oh, in, I, I've uh, never been. I really want to go yeah i was i was going to go in um uh, last year at which point um they, I think, I, I seem to remember they cancelled flights for some reason, or some something mm -hmm. happened. Uh, but uh, whatever, and I wasn't able to go. Um, so I don't know what the Javits Center is like in terms of what it's um, set up for. So any kind of social distancing would be like in terms of moving people around. Because here in the UK, we've, we've there's a show that is technically still scheduled to go ahead, which is um, Wales Comic Con, which is going to be taking place in Telford. Um, and the building itself, there is some way of one in, one out. There is a, a natural mm -hmm. flow okay. to the building, yeah. which you can possibly do. Possibly. Is the Javits Center set up in any way that you can have a flow of people to even carry on going ahead at this point? I, if it could, yeah. I mean, I know Jim, you're saying you don't, you can't see how it can. Could it? I, from what I have been told, by the way, I have not been to the New York yeah. Comic Con. It's one. Of, it's on my wish oh, right. list okay. to get to. But from, we've had very many guests on our show who do who do go to New York Comic Con, and what they say is that you don't know crowds until you go to New York Comic Con because, <clears throat> whereas San Diego, you know, you have the giant campus where people can spread out all sure. across downtown San Diego. It's a lot of open air. In New York, the Javits Center, you're all condensed down into a space. Granted, it's a large convention center, but um, I agree with Michael Pia, who is saying no on Javits Center right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's not its not going to happen in New York City. Javits hasn't, wasn't used only a few cases went there, but now that New York City is open again, people are not taking precautions. New York is just like, it's, it's ground zero for what happened here in the States. And so I just don't see that they'd be ready this year. Not until there's a, a vaccine will New York be open for such sure. a convention. That's well, my we've, opinion. We've, we've, had, we've had comments like that on, on the show on, uh, um, on previous episodes. There, there, there is a case of, I mean, that's what I'm going to be asking you um, in, a, in a minute. I mean, what, how you feel, what, what circumstances you feel would be needed mm -hmm. for you to get back at, to a convention. Let's go through a couple of uh, comments. And, yeah, I've been reminded about why I didn't go to New York Comic Con. Uh, the airline went bust. Uh, yes, that was it, and it, it happened. It happened two weeks before. Which airline was that? It was Thomas Cook, and they just oh. went completely. They just died, uh, pretty much. Um, oh, yes. yes, I remember that. However, um, in my defence, and the reason why I couldn't remember it now, it has been about five decades since this year has begun. So it's it's felt yeah. like an eternity, and yeah. uh, the, the, that cancellation and that new uh, Thomas Cook, Cook thing feels like years ago. Mm -hmm. It feels like forever. Mm -hmm. um, you've got um, 
Leanne D reminding us the Javits Centre is still on standby as an emergency hospital. Oh, wow. Uh, into, the, into the blue mist. It's all very well talking about the logistics of what a convention centre can do, but a con is nothing with no guests willing to travel. Very, Correct. very, very good point. That is really um, good. Karma Savage, uh, New York City itself doesn't know uh, when New York City is happening. Uh, while it's happening, it's that crafted. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> um, let's have a look. Uh, um, Andy Dickinson on Periscope. Uh, March 13th was my last game show. Everyone ended up saying, see you on the other side. And that's when it got real. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, March the 13th, Friday the 13th for us. That was what like. Are- Bad Friday the thirteenth. Like I think that's going to give it all a bad name. Is the yep. third, you know? <laughs> and to go a little bit further back uh, regarding the conversation about the the BM uh, BLM uh, movement and the comments you got on the, your channel, I'm not stunned. I've seen some assholes being hateful on the BLM movement in the fandom community. However, Jim, you have a new subscriber, and I will let my friends know to subscribe. Oh, Michael, we're see. so glad you to see. have you. We want more people like Michael. Yeah. There yeah. you go. It really is a case of. Um, it is a case of coming together and absolutely uh, that uh, support of, uh, of each other. Um, Michael P., our last one before we crack on, uh, the governor wants to keep Javits Centre as a standby for the second wave. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I find interesting, the conversation that's happened um, in that the second that, I'm not going to say a distraction because that is absolutely not what the protests uh, were and what caused those protests was it wasn't a distraction it was a social event mm-hmm. um but it's a case of the the that eye of sauron shifted from yeah. the yeah. priority of covid to the priority of this we're wait i'm waiting for the eye to shift back to second wave so um it's it's i think almost inevitable at this point well yeah I, I agree with you. i'm trying to make a point to go back and visit my my mom and dad who i see a couple of times every year during the other coast but they're both seven. I, my mom's going to kill me for saying that. Let's just say they are a, at a vulnerable age. Yeah. I may not see them till next year now, you know? Wow. It's, it's, it's going to gonna be one of those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, let's, let's talk about conventions and mass um, meetings. The, I mean, we can talk about the, uh, the influence of, like, like uh, has been brought up, the guests of actually getting people to see at a convention, but what is it a vaccine that would get you back at a convention at this point? Um, or can you see a situation where a convention makes every effort to social distance, to mask, to shield? Is there a, a, a situation where you two could find yourself back at a show this year? Or is it is it this year that's gone? Katie, I, I'd love to hear what you say, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than most, I'd say. Uh, I always want to give people the chance to make something safe for people and see how it goes before just automatically assuming it won't work, if that makes sense. You know, if if they are able to find a way to limit the amount of people that go in, I don't know how they would, especially with some of these, you know, 100,000 people, not typical shows. But... I like to keep it optimistic that there is ways to do it. It just takes a lot of planning. And that's the thing that I think is the issue because there's not the time to make that kind of plan or the money. Since everybody's losing all this money, that also takes money. So yeah. I I wouldn't say I wouldn't go this year. It, it just, there's a lot of different things that would have to work or happen for me to go. Mm-hmm. 
So, I'm the same way. I, I, I'm very apprehensive. Um, again, be, I'm one of the people who got sick and I saw how like, don't wait to see your parents get yourself tested, scrubbed. Okay. Can I answer Michael P about this? Get yourself tested, okay. sanitized. I have, maybe it's easier other places. I have an appointment today to get tested at 310 California time. I have gone to my primary care physician three times twice when I was sick would not let me come in for a test. And now mm -hmm. they won't let me come in for a test because I'm not showing, you're not showing symptoms. So you're not going to yeah. come in. And wow. so, so I'm going to have to fib a little bit and tell the testing center I go to, Oh no, I don't have a primary care. Cause if you have a primary care, you have to go through them first here mm -hmm. in the States at least, or yeah. with my insurance plan. So it's hard for me to get tested. I am fully covered. I have great insurance, except for right now. I can't get tested to save my yeah. life. Yeah. And, um, and that's uh, a problem. Yeah. A lot of people are having that issue. Yeah. So. And I don't, and LA was very progressive in that it's set up testing centers all over the city. I think it was one of the first cities in the country where testing is free for everybody. You had to get online. You had to make an appointment. You had to go get tested. But one of the questionnaires in the LA, it was like, do you have a primary? The only way for me to get accepted in there is if I don't have a primary. Well, I, this may have changed. So yeah. I'm going to like see, because I do want to get tested because uh, some of us on the Con Guy show, we're helping a band do a fundraiser tomorrow for one of the, the black owned businesses that was burnt down in Minneapolis. We're trying nice. to raise money to bring them back, but they want everyone to be tested before we yeah. show up tomorrow. And even though we're still social distancing and we're kind of apart, we just want to be really safe. The answer is a long answer that says, I think I would, I do think I would go to a smaller convention right now. Um, but I would definitely be feeling it out. I would be always in the mask. I would, and I know that's a point of controversy for a lot of people, but if I'm around a group of people, you don't know who's there. Yeah. I, I do not understand that at all. I don't either. I don't, yeah, either. I don't I understand either. that. Yeah. You're taking away my rights. No, we're not. We're not. I don't like, want you to kill my mom and dad. So keep your yeah. mask on. Yeah. Yuck of the things. And, <laughs> you can make, and you can make masks a fashion statement. You know, yeah. if you're all the people watching, you know, we're all nerds here. I, <laughs> I, I, I have a Marvel mask I made out of Marvel fabric. And every time we go out, everybody's like, oh, I love your mask. So, you mm -hmm. know, you can make it a fashion statement. So my mom, who is on the conservative side of politics, fully endorses the masks. And she made me a Star Wars mask, a Black Panther mask, Marvel mask, and mailed them to me at the beginning of the pandemic. Because nice. at the beginning, I couldn't find a mask here in LA. They were sold out everywhere. You couldn't find one. So we were all wearing bandanas or we all looked like, you know, we were robbing a store or something, you know. <laughs> but um, smaller conventions, Leonard, I'd go to a smaller convention with trepidation. Um, probably a larger convention like San Diego, not until there is some kind of vaccine for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, before we do uh, talk about um, a, a show that is um, uh, advertising that is going ahead, and I'm not too sure of what the scale is of that particular thing, um, I'm going to bring this one up because I, I just uh, – we don't get political too much <laughs> on this show, but I did quite like this one. More people did get into Hall H than turned up to Tulsa last night. Yeah. Um, well, then maybe we should have Comic-Con. <laughs> no, yeah. It's funny that you said, I think it was Andrew that said that, because I've seen some band people commenting somewhere like that. I've seen longer lines at my concerts than, you know, at certain <laughs> events. And I'm like, that's true. Like, Hall H, you know, you have 
what, 5,000 people? Six and a half. Six oh, it's 65. Yeah, 65. Yeah. 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 So, Insane. a lot of people. I've yeah. heard talks, though, that next year it might be a much smaller hall. Yeah. Uh, well, yes. I mean, we'll get into uh, okay. what we can expect yeah. or what we would like to, to see possibly for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the one that I wanted to uh, very quickly talk about um, is about shows that are still scheduled to go ahead um, here in uh, in the UK and also in the in the US. We've got London Film and Comic Con, which is yet to um, announce any kind of change. That was scheduled to take part uh, on the weekend of uh, San Diego. So it would be the third week in um, July. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have Tampa, which is still advertising. And if you follow their Facebook page, which I do, out of almost some kind of morbid curiosity, uh, because they are advertising aggressively that they are getting guests in and they are going to be running that show in Tampa. Tampa, Florida? I'm, in Tampa, Florida. Yeah. As What's far the as I'm aware. That show? It, yeah. As far as I'm aware, uh, isn't. Florida and indeed Tampa in particular, a hotspot at this point. Yes, it's been uh, it's ongoing. Yeah, because they're, so they're more what, open than much of the country, though. Like Florida did open up, and it, it depends on which part of the state you're in. Because I have a lot of friends who live in Florida. Um, Miami, especially, is a hotspot right now. I, the Keys of all places, the freest part in the when I say the freest, most laid wow. back part, they just announced that face masks are required in the Florida Keys until June 2021. Whoa, that's a year from now. So I think Florida. We were, is about we were to- talking. We were talking about this before we came on air about the whole idea of um, very draconian measures for our own benefit but very strict measures mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about how i felt that if um in the uk us and more um uh, freer and uh well <laughs> in our um enlightened democratic societies if um the 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 uh, restrictions are being put down and being put down hard like they had been in china italy spain etc the snapback, the reaction would have been a lot harder and a lot more violent. Um, And so I think certainly in the UK, we had the interesting uh, technique of just confusing everyone uh, with lots of mixed (laughs) messages, lots of um, vague announcements. There you go. (laughs) And uh, so you had that in the the, the US as well, in that there were lots of different um, uh, messages going out area to area. So the reaction wasn't as severe everyone decided okay let's all come together but now it's a case of uh, those kind of restrictions like you say masks insisted on until next year Mm -hmm. um that's i'm wondering what the the societal ramifications are going to be the 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 snapback is just going to be huge but uh, to return to tampa um i'm i'm really curious as to the mentality of a convention organizer being that bullish about um, its announcement of its guests. Do you think that um, a responsible convention organizer should at this point just be really cautious about making any announcements or should they just go ahead as if everything's going to go to plan? No, no, you can't go on like everything's just the same as normal. I'm surprised that Tampa's being so, so aggressive. I am looking at a list of all the, it looks like conventions because I'm looking at the long list here. Although there are some cancellations, 
if a convention is happening at the towards the end of July on through the rest of the year, I'm not seeing a ton of cancellations yet. So across, the, I'm surprised there's so many still scheduled. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them rescheduled, right? To like yeah. July and August, thinking it, we'd be out of the thick of it. So we haven't heard a lot about that yet. But I do yeah. say, like in Florida, that the, the Flo- Florida is very, very. Um, I don't know. Those people love the outdoors. They love the beaches. I, I used to live in Florida. I know that Orlando, the city of Orlando itself, it's un, they're, they're flummoxed because the cases in Orlando are so low. And you would think that Orlando would be off the charts because it's international travelers from the whole world. But Orlando is one of the lowest spots in the state. I don't know about Tampa yet. I know that Miami is having a big spike in a big way right now. So I, I, maybe it's different parts of Florida. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, Karma Savage is uh, uh, reminding us that the same company that runs Tampa Bay Comic Con, which is Imaginarium, has also given, been given the green light to continue the hosting of Atlanta Comic Con in July. Uh, Marina Certis is still listed. Um, oh, wow. Which is just wow. Um, oh, hang on. I, the comments are coming in. I keep hitting the wrong button. Uh, <laughs> Florida governor finally admitted rising virus numbers yeah. wasn't strictly due to more testing. But then again, we had that um, delightful comment from uh, uh, Donald last night. Thank you very much indeed about uh, <laughs> for about comment uh, for about uh, testing. Well done, that man. Uh, indeed, uh, get Trump to make an appearance and nobody will show up. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, bold, but true. Um, harsh but fair. Um, I think then the way that responsible conventions, and we're getting that here in the UK uh, with uh, the likes of Lakes and um, MCM and also um, Thought Bubble, uh, which uh, the Lakes and Thought Bubble are co- uh, convention, uh, sorry, comic-centric um, conventions. So they can very much deal with um, putting on um, showcases and putting on workshops online the virtual convention seems to be the uh, the, the the standard state of play mm-hmm. uh, in conventions and um, you're seeing that here in the in the US as well um, at which point you have to ask then who has got it right so far out of all the various uh, approaches that we've seen so far and who's kind of dropped the ball um, which has been the best show that you've seen do a virtual convention so far um, Katie uh, I haven't seen a lot of them. I've okay. experienced the WonderCon, which was just very last minute, and they didn't really advertise it enough, I didn't think. Uh, granted, it was, like, the first one that they did that for. Uh, it seemed – I know Emerald City did a little bit of stuff online, uh, but, again, it was kind of last minute. Uh, so I think it's I think it's cool. I feel like there is still a lot of stuff you got to figure out uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, with the whole – do we charge or do we make it free for everybody? Now it's awesome that more people are able to see the content if it's free, but it does take something away from the people who are used to getting a more tailored experience for paying money to see some exclusive stuff or things like that. So I'm kind of 50, 50 on like whether or not they should be paid or whether they shouldn't be. That makes sense. Uh, Jim. I, we, um, some people here in Los Angeles threw a pretty good online convention. I'm trying to, it uh, Katie, do you remember the the name of Bernie's convention that the, that his company did? Because they had a lot of different podcasting companies come yeah. together and a bunch of people, and they had some really good guests. Um, and it was a well done convention. It stopped at six o'clock or seven o'clock at night. It was all it was two days. It was scheduled online, and it was live streaming. At the end of the night, they had 
So it was a, a, a continuous from 10 till 6. It was a yep. 10 till 6 all day, different panels all day. And I think you could even choose your panels. I'm not sure. And yeah. then at the end of the day, they had the after after hours portion, which was hosted by um, that hashtag show, did an after hours portion to, for anyone who wanted to stay late. It was a really good concept. It was very early. It was the second weekend of May. And so yeah. <clears throat> it was... Um, Probably one of the first out there that did that. I agree with Katie that WonderCon could have been better, but I think WonderCon was not planning on a virtual oh, convention. No. It was something they pulled together. The Con Guy Show, we actually did one of their panels for WonderCon, and it, it got, and I was on two panels for the WonderCon at home. And um, for San Diego, though, I do think that it's a whole different thing. It's being mm -hmm. hosted July 23rd through the 26th on the actual days of San Diego. Um, the con guy has a panel on the 26th. I think it's at three o'clock in the afternoon that Sunday. So they're actually treating it as if you have your schedules, you will find out your panels. I was going to ask you about that. Not necessarily. I'm not going to ask for details. All right. Uh, that's, 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 I'll leave that one alone. But was it, were you, did, had you applied for a panel for the actual physical San Diego Comic-Con? And as such, was it a case of, okay, we're not putting on the actual show. Let's have you do the panel in a virtual space. Had you already applied or was this something that came once the show went virtual as it were? We, we've we done um, a WonderCon panel. We did our very first, our very first WonderCon panel was last year. Right. And so because of that, we kind of, you got into the system of where they send out a request. We had not done a Comic-Con panel. So we, we just said, hey, if you're doing Comic-Con at home, let us know. We would also be interested in gotcha. doing that. At which point they did get back in touch with us. And we yeah. submitted three panels. We were accepted for one. We got the Power Rangers panel back. Yeah. Nice. So and really and cool. our WonderCon panel did really well too, which, which helped. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm trying. I mean, obviously we, you can't reveal any details. I'm not sure if you know any at all of yourselves, but I'm really curious to see how they're actually going to, do the, the virtual convention because at the end of the day, the, the, the big problem that San Diego has, and it's a great problem to have, is the wealth of content, the, mm -hmm. the sheer amount. I mean, I've been speaking to various people who are putting uh, panels together, and from the, the way I'm guessing it's working is you're pre-recording or prepping the panel beforehand, and it's going to get put into the program schedule is it all panels are due to is today june 21st oh wow okay no they're due tomorrow all panels Fair are enough. due tomorrow to be turned in i know that for like for example the goldbergs on on abc they're having a panel motherland is having a panel stump town yeah. all the cast members are having a panel tv guide is holding so they're still getting some of the larger panels so i think that comic-con at home is going to be much more robust than wondercon yeah. was because yeah. at the end of the day, they're not going to be relying on anyone coming in live. It's going to be kind of pre-recorded and slotted into the program. That makes that makes sense. Um, but I think it, I'm like I say, I've been speaking to a number of people who've been putting panels together, and the panels that I've seen there are some real niche ones, mm -hmm. just like you would get if you were walking down uh, the the hall upstairs at um, above Hall H just wandering past a panel room, and something catches your eye. Mm -hmm. And I'm really hoping that they're going to have some way of kind of replicating that. So you have a real breadth and variety of content mm -hmm. at Comic-Con at, at home. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, what I, um, the reason why I was asking if there was anyone that was, you felt was doing it right is I'm looking at, for, for example, virtual pop expo uh, with the way that they're doing one-on-one um, uh, -on -one, 
uh, 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 ideas. Uh, there was also a convention that had an app where you went into various booths and very, uh, there was a virtual artist alley. That's mm. the big concern for me um, yeah. because it's great to have the content and have the video panels, etc. But it's those people that were selling wares, the ones that were actually putting themselves out mm -hmm. there to sell things, artwork, um, anything that they were producing. Um, they have lost that massive revenue yeah. stream of a massive audience. And that's where I'm hoping that Comic-Con at home, with WonderCon, they basically had their vendors list and they put a bunch of URLs. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that San Diego Comic-Con, they, they work something out that they can actually have the vendors put their stall out in a virtual space. No, I agree. Yeah. I think they're planning oh, different because they've mentioned a exhibitor, a virtual exhibitor floor. So I think they are working on improving what they did from WonderCon because of that. And the same with Emerald City Comic Con because those Emerald City Comic Con was kind of like the jump start to this con season here on at least the West Coast. So not only did Emerald City Comic Con get canceled, but so did WonderCon and because they're both within distance of each other. So I think they are working on it. They haven't released a lot of updates, but their website, like I'm on it right now, and they're, they're a lot more on their website than they usually are. Like they have this Comic-Con museum at home where they're doing tutorials, like cosplay yeah. tutorials, like building Thor's hammer. So with seeing what they're putting online and, and their social media, I have faith that they're really working harder to make that happen. So. Fair enough. A uh, couple of comments coming in. Uh, Aaron Nabus, Mainframe Comic-Con and Alt-FCD uh, by Russell Nolte and Neo Nemond has been my favorite online cons so far. Uh, the Virtual Pop Expo was uh, by Bernie Bregman, yeah. which Dan yes. uh, was mentioned. Yeah. That's the one that he was talking about. Yeah. Uh, not quite a virtual convention, but Josh Gad has been hitting it out of the park, hoping that's what SDCC copies. The, this the, stuff has been great. It's, hasn't it just been a, yes. incredible what he's been doing? The Goonies um, reunion was my favorite. I loved it. Yeah. Back in the Future, so great. It, in fact, the only thing that's letting down Josh Gad's um, uh, reunited apart is Josh Gad. I'm not necessarily the <laughs> biggest oh! fan. I'm not the biggest fan. And I think we, I've made, I'm not going to go diving into it again, but the less said about Artemis Fowl, the better. Uh, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Um, we have got a couple of questions uh, regarding yourselves and uh, what your um, personal, um, I think this one's a really general general one and certainly about conventions that you've been to in the past. Um, Luke Cheeseman, what's your favorite panel or panels that you've been to? How how big a target do you want to aim for? Uh, go, go for it. I mean, can, can you pick a, a, a favorite out of the ones you've been to? In my whole entire life? <laughs> I mean, I can tell you the biggest the most memorable experience at a San Diego Comic-Con I had was definitely the 2015, the uh, Star Wars, the Force Awakens panel, where we were in Hall H, and poor Kevin Smith was scheduled to speak afterwards, but Chris Hardwick had everybody stand up, leave the convention center, go out behind the convention center for the big John Williams concert with fireworks over the bay there. That's the most memorable. I can't say it's my my favorite. I like, like you were talking, um, Leonard, I like the smaller panels. I like the ones yeah. where you get to see, like Boom Comics always has such an impressive panel of what they're coming up for the next year. And because it's, you know, in the small writers and it, I mean, Boom's getting big, but it's like independent writers, independent storytellers telling good stories that you're not going to have in mainstream comics. I love, I love Boom Comics. I love their panels. I, 
I went to a Ray Harryhausen retrospective one time about the guy who did all the special effects for the Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger and Clash of the Titans. It was a small panel, but it was amazing. So those are the kind of panels I love. What about you, Katie? Um, I do like some of the small panels. Uh, we saw the John Barrowman Anything Goes panel a couple <laughs> of years ago at the Indigo Ballroom. I have, and I I've, I've, yet, I've yet to experience that man live. <laughs> it's a delight. And, it, and when he says anything goes, like, you know, usually there's like this, there's multi-ages in the audience. Don't curse. He doesn't care. He's in a dress and heels, dancing around, cursing. Like, he doesn't care. So that was really fun. I do always say, like, walk into a random room if you have time. That's always what I say because that's how I randomly stumbled upon a few different panels for big celebrities being on smaller panels in smaller rooms. Like, uh, Matt Smith was in the EW panel for, like, Brave New Warriors or whatever it is for Doctor Who. But trying to get into Hall H is a pain. But this one was in Ballroom 20. It wasn't full. He was there. You know, you get to see some cool people. But as far as probably my favorite and most memorable panel, it's got to be the last Supernatural panel that happened last year. Mm. Just because it's hard to keep people's attention on a Sunday of Comic-Con. <laughs> exhausted. You just want to go home. But that crowd is always pumped up. They gave away a replica of Baby. Like, they brought it and there was not a dry eye i don't think in that house so and uh, unfortunately i missed the time when kansas came to the one okay. time i missed that panel but yeah and so i like those ones because you they do it for the fans i like the panels that are very focused on the fact that the fans are there and the yeah. people Katie, love their art, so last year you also had one of your best experiences as well speaking uh -huh. of supernatural what was it yeah meeting jared padalecki so yeah. you know at a party so that was obviously the hype of non-panels like doing that but <laughs> yeah yeah and that's what but, another thing is you never know who you're gonna see randomly in downtown san diego this is true uh, i mean for myself i think I, I mean i can pull some of the big ones out of the hat i mean for example the uh, the avengers reveal in hall h in 2010 uh, oh. was uh, quite uh, that's that was something else especially when half about two or three actors in you just went they're gonna bring the whole lot out Excellent. We're down, I'm down with this. Um, I think the um, Interstellar panel as well, because mm -hmm. I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan, and it was the fact that um, it was a, 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 it was a Paramount panel, and they hadn't announced anything. It was to nobody be, knew uh, he was going to be TBD. There. It was TBD all the way through, and it was a case of then um, uh, McConaughey comes out, and I just went, "No, they're not." At which point, and they, I, I was on my feet. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, one of the first years I went, um, I went to, I was walking past and um, there was a computer animation um, panel and uh, the future of computer animation. And it was in a, one of the smallest rooms. It was like 50 seat. I'm like, what the hell? Um, went in and as it happened, they were trying to do a, a beam in from various people and the, the internet had completely crapped out. So they ended up showing the um, mock-up trailer. This was the, the guys that did the Rabid Rabbit uh, video game and they did that trailer for the, the kind of their, their take on the Rocketeer. And it became from that just a massive um, uh, celebration of Dave Stevens. Uh, just for, for half an hour, 40 minutes, it was just everyone in the room just Oh well, we'll watch the trailer again, but let's just talk about Dave Stevens for forty minutes. And it was it came out of nowhere, and it was just incredible. Uh, and then I can't also ignore the Jim Lee panels. 
uh, if anything, because yes, I did do the introduction when I was working as staff volunteer, and I gave the introduction where he turned around and said, that's the best introduction I've ever been given yeah. at Comic-Con. Pat myself on the back for that one. Yeah. Also, just the, the, the how-to panels, which he does upstairs, it is, at the end of the day, it's not how to draw. It is just him doing sketches, and people hopefully can win these sketches. And every single time, it's a case of him spending 20 minutes on this piece, getting 15 minutes in and going, you know what, guys, I don't think this one's going to work. This is the one where it's all going to – this one's where it's all going to go horribly wrong. I can't, I can't see how I'm going to fix this. One second. Gets the white marker. <laughs> masterpiece on the page. And you just go – and you actually blink twice and go, how the hell did he just do that? Mm -hmm. How the hell mm -hmm. just it, – well, it was a mess. It <laughs> was a god-awful mess on the page. I blinked twice, and it's a masterpiece. I, I don't know how the hell he does it. But, yeah, those – like you say, the small – those random moments, those small, small intimate panels are just amazing. Um, that's where I'm hoping that those, aren't, those moments aren't going to be lost uh, yeah. this year because that's going to be the difficult uh, thing. You know, the things that are hardest to replicate, though, like just what you just described, the, everybody can do – I like the online um, presentations we're seeing, but the things that we're losing, for example, two years ago, I was sitting in one, it wasn't a small room, but it was a smaller room where Marv Wolfman was the, we were doing a spotlight on Marv Wolfman and he talked about writing the, one of my all time favorite series is the Teen Titans. And then he did a special series on Raven, a character from the Teen Titans. And I was so intrigued and I just wanted, you know, and I was one of the guys trying to ask a question and you know, I couldn't get in to ask a question because the line was too long. So I was kind of disappointed about that. But then that night we went to a the comic book defense league um, dinner or, or a party. And I'm just sitting there looking at pictures on the wall. And I turn and I bump into who else? Marv Wolfman. Just yeah. me and him sitting there. And I was able to talk with him one-on-one -on -one for about, you know, seven or eight minutes. And that's one of those experiences that we're not, that we're missing. You know, I, I, I love what we're trying to do online, but that is what we're missing out this year. Yeah. I am jealous as hell because I, I've been invited to a couple of those. And I, I think it was Fred Van Lente who invited me to the last one. And at the, obviously, I didn't go because uh, you know, yeah. uh, fool, <laughs> fool. There we go. Um, let's go through a couple of the um, uh, comments. Uh, into the Blue Mister is saying, um, uh, Len's going to say the Firefly panel. I'll put a tenor on it. You lost that bet. There you go. <laughs> but I think it's just because there is so many um, panels. And it, indeed, uh, the, the comment is quite right from Solicitor's Meg. I don't know. It feels wrong to compare panels. It's like comparing apples to oranges. All of them are great in their own way. You're Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. And then Luke Cheeseman goes, well, actually, uh, the Loki one <laughs> looked awesome. Uh, I wish I could have seen that in uh, in uh, person. Yeah, that whole Loki monologue and the, uh, yeah. the, the that, uh, that. Oh, moment. yeah. I'm sad um, I never got to see that. <laughs> Um, that was the year that Caroline broke her ankle on preview night. Uh, so she was, oh. uh, she'd, she'd done the Friday. She was absolutely wiped. So she couldn't leave the bed on Saturday. So I decided to stay home and be den mother, uh, looking after her. And I was just you. glued, I was glued to Twitter just <laughs> as all these announcements were rolling. rolling Twitter around. is like the, the way to get news at Comic-Con. especially. Yeah. Like, How's, what's your take on that then? Um, because it's certainly from around 2012, 2013, yeah. walking down the corridor, say above Hall H or just around those halls 
uh, just above the uh, the exhibition floor, the next floor up. Yes. Having to keep a close eye on who's walking in front of you because they are glued to their phone. Because there's <laughs> so much stuff happening at San Diego. If they miss anything, they're screwed. So they're constantly glued to their phone. Yeah. What's been your take on that? That whole idea of trying to keep an eye on absolutely everything at once. I think it's just you it just you just get used to it. I mean, it's part of the con experience in some ways. I mean, I do put down my phone in certain situations. I try not to be on it of course during the panels and stuff out of respect and everything like that. But I know for like if there's something you're especially with like the giveaways and all the autograph signings and things like that that you constantly need to know those updates that's where you have to have it and it's it's hard you you have to find the time to manage it but you can and that's why you have to bring a portable charger because your phone's <laughs> always dying yeah. but you know it's in in some ways we, the cons have been virtual for <laughs> i think that's thing, i think that's what i was alluding to absolutely um in terms of um the content that we will be seeing at um, Comic-Con at home. Um, what panels would you like to see? I mean, a question has uh, come up. Um, is there anything that you would like to see uh, being represented at uh, this year's virtual San Diego Comic-Con? Um, I don't think that we're going to get the big Hall H panels. Mm -hmm. Although, did you hear about DC Fandom? Like, Very basically, much so. Basically, DC, Warner Brothers, are they're creating their own convention. They're taking their Hall H presentation, and they're having it a 24-hour – it's August 27th, August 22, starting at 1 p.m. Yep. I know that James Gunn and the cast of uh, uh, Suicide Squad 2, they're all going to be there. They're going to have all their – basically, they're not giving up. They're going to have an all-day convention. But that being said, a DC panel is one I would love to see. But um, So I'll be watching that. But as far as like San Diego or the other cons – I, I do want some of those smaller things. I know that um, Tony Kim, we've talked about him a couple of times. He's having a, he, every year he has how to, to build a geek brand. He is doing one. Excellent. Yeah. He's doing one this Excellent. year. It's called, I, I texted him and his is called build a geek brand during a pandemic panel. <laughs> you know, think about it though. Like that's such an important for those of us in the business and people that want to know that's such an important panel to be, you know, Right now, in the age of COVID, and next year, how do you do this now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he also does um, a really good uh, panel on um, uh, minority voices uh, mm -hmm. in geekdom as well. I'm right now. I think that panel is crucial. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's he's going to be invited on to put that panel together as well. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I'm really curious to see how they're going to possibly replicate the bigger room kind of events. Uh, like I say, DC won't be representing, but we could be seeing something from the likes of Paramount, um, from uh, Sony, from the animation companies, whoever. Uh, Pixar could do something. Laker, Laker could do something on their new film, which uh, they've announced, which is now computer-generated. So it'd be yeah. really cool to have that. I mean, Luke Cheeseman saying it would be awesome if Wonder Woman did something. That's going to be part of DC fandom. I bet you as, there will be, yeah. Uh, as is, I understand, um, well, we're definitely going to be getting um, uh, 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 the uh, Zack Snyder um, Justice yeah. League that's been represented. So that basically everything, everything that's yeah. involved in DC, that's basically where that is. Um, I'm, I, I'm really curious to see 
um, how they're going to balance everything and how they're going to actually put that into some form of um, almost like a, a separate channels. Because if they just relied on the one YouTube channel, mm -hmm. I think that's where things yeah. could get really kind of awkward. And it'd be great to have multiple tracks, as it were, well, just, like we, just, just like we have in the schedule yeah. book where we have different rooms. I think they're going to do that this year. They're going to try to make it where you have choices. Like, Katie, I know that you, like you were talking about cosplay panels. Like, and co the cosplay event for WonderCon was a little bit lacking, but hopefully yeah. for San Diego, it'll be a little bit more robust. Yeah, I mean, I believe they announced they're still going to do the masquerade just yeah. online. So, I mean, that's something because obviously that's a big cosplay event for Comic-Con and mm -hmm. WonderCon. And we didn't get it for WonderCon. And with, you know, WonderCon, they did a cosplay contest. But I didn't know about it to enter. Like, I would have made kept making a costume if I had known about it to a month before. But when I heard the cons got canceled, I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to make a cosplay. So yeah. I do like that. Comic-Con knows very much that that is a very, very popular niche mm -hmm. that they need to address in this convention is the cosplay community, which yeah. has a lot of issues in and of itself too, but to be completely, to leaving cosplay out of San Diego Comic-Con, you can't really do it. It's such yeah. a big part of it. So, yeah. How are they going to do a, a masquerade? I mean, the only way I can possibly see it is if people record a video of their uh, their works, their efforts, and they kind of do it as a live presentation of all the, the separate separate videos. Not only that, yeah. but that would be a true Comic Con International Masquerade. Then that would be yeah. that would be something. That, that would be cool. I would like that because you could yeah. still watch it. And then, I mean, as far as the judging, they wouldn't even have to wait till the day of to judge it. They could <laughs> pick them from all their you know throughout the whole time that they've had it. Or what I would love to see is for the masquerade to incorporate some sort of at home experience in the sense that maybe you can vote and there's a fan favorite or nice. something like that. You know, something where you can just go, oh, there's all these videos, who's your favorite? And yeah. do like a home vote. And that's something that I feel like the masquerade in general hasn't done. They've never done a fan choice. So that would be kind of a cool thing to see, to see what do the fans think? Yeah. What do they think is the winner? That would be nice. Uh, so Luke, uh, Luke Chisman, uh, Cheeseman, uh, as long as they do the laugh thing when they introduce them. Yeah, I, I, yeah it has to be done. <laughs> has to be done. Um, I, I want them to, because what I'm excited about is I hear that they're still doing the Eisner Awards, the presentation somehow during Comic-Con. That I want to see. Yes. That I want to see how they're going to do. Um, yeah. I'm really curious to see how they're going to pull that off. Um, I've been trying to get the, the, the people behind... Um, the Eisners to come on at the end of the day, you have to go through that single voice and it's uh, difficult to get through, uh, get past uh, David's iron grip on the, <laughs> uh, the narrative. But at the end of the day, we can only, only try uh, the great thing uh, about um, putting a, a, a video package together as well. You could also show the work that goes into them. Yeah. Says, uh, Jonathan is yeah. a, that's a very, very good point. Yeah, um, that's I've always been kind of wishing they would show. Uh, so with cosplay, I feel like there's a lot of angles that are not addressed yeah. in panels. So it would be nice to have them be like, oh, we're going to do a more behind the scenes look at cosplay. Because if we're filming from home, people can show their workstation. Absolutely. They can show this is what's going on. You can't bring all that to a convention. It would, it would be hard and difficult with how much stuff you have. But at home, you could totally do that. Just give them a, a sixty-second time frame, yeah. So then they don't just have to do a, a, pre, um, a the presentation of the the cosplay itself. They could actually make a 
presentation video of yeah, yeah. that would be yeah that would be very very cool uh solicitor of smeg i'm cosplaying as guy who just woke up that may or may not have pants on this year uh, <laughs> and luke cheeseman i'm cosplaying brian wilson in bed that's a mental image i'm not entirely sure i needed no we'll, we'll, we'll take it on to take it on board um actually luke's got a couple of uh, comments and especially about uh, what you two are getting up to um uh, this is, uh, I don't know how much we oh. can reveal what we are doing. Yeah, um, yeah. Me and Jim will be on a panel, full-time creative work on a part-time schedule at Comic-Con, talking the con guy and the scare guy. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, the, it, oh. with a group of creative professionals. Just let me jump in on that real quick. Um, it, it's a 12-year-old panel. It's been at Comic-Con and WonderCon for about 12 years, and yeah. we're doing it again this year. And so for those of us who are trying to have a full-time creative career, how do you squeeze it into your your career and Luke wanted me to also mention that um, the con guy has and me and Katie were talking about Friday the 13th we, we also do the scare guy which is kind of the scarier side of the con guy so it's a, a cool way for us to do horror conventions as well fair enough yeah. and um, there's so many horror events in Southern California sure. yeah sure um, right um, we usually try and keep it um, within an hour and I've just blinked and realized we're at 10 past uh, so uh, what, I think we'll just ask one last question or one last topic, and then we'll uh, we'll let you guys get off and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And it is about um, Comic Con for next year, or when uh, we're looking at um, twenty twenty one and what we can possibly expect. I mean, we've had a couple of people on the show uh, over the last couple of weeks who do feel that um, we have to have some form of optimism. We have to have some form of getting back to some kind of normality. Um, but twenty twenty one. It's still going to be um, very much in that uh, that time frame of what we could be seeing in the window of the pandemic in the, the age of COVID-19. What do you see as uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2021 and indeed other conventions as well? Do you see us getting back to normality even in the course of the next 12 months? Katie? I, I freaking hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every day that I've been in, in this quarantine, I just miss conventions. Uh, you know, conventions are, I'm, I'm sure most of our viewers and you guys as well, are one of my happy places. So it's like a vacation, even though it's not a vacation, because we all know it's, we don't sleep. But I would hope so. Uh, that's a long time to be able to figure out a way to make things work. So I'm hoping that with the time that they have, they can, if they'll be able to kind of forecast, what are we going to do if this happens? What's going to happen if we do this and, and kind of put in more places. I think in some ways COVID-19 will cause a lot of good things uh, that maybe needed to be reworked in the convention. So I'm hoping if it is coming back in 2021, that they'll have be able to fix some of the problems that they might've had before and made it stronger than ever. And instead of just always doing things the same way they've always done. So if, I'm just, yeah, if anything, this could really streamline and really kind of knuckle down some of those rough edges to mm -hmm. some conventions and really make them really kind of uh, tight in terms of their, their organization and uh, security and uh, mm -hmm. that the fan experience. No, I think you're right. Um, uh, Jim, what's your thoughts? I think San Diego will happen. I think WonderCon is eh, it's 50 50 right now. I just think it, it's going to take for people to feel comfortable coming to a convention. There has to be a vaccine. There has to be, and or 
I think a lot, 50% of the fans will still come, but the guests, studios yeah. and companies allowing their guests to fly across the world, across the country to attend conventions, paying for inch. I just think that uh, they're not going to take the risk yet. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, so fingers crossed, prayers are up that by the end of the year, beginning of next year, we'll have some kind of great medical news coming out. But even then, even then, um, who knows how long it's going to take for this this immunity among the population to build up. Even then, I do think, like Katie said, there's going to be some – it'll look different next year. I don't know what the waiting line for Hall H will look like. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what – I don't know what these things will look like. I think also the the interaction with um with, with talent as well. Um, I mean, we've kind of alluded to it as well that we, we may not see a number of uh, legacy talent um, wanting to risk churn, uh, journey at this point. Um, talent generally uh, getting on a plane is going to be uh, to convince them to, to make that uh, happen is going to be difficult. I mean, we've got uh, um, uh, Leanne D who's uh, about to leave us. Uh, hello, Leanne, and goodbye, Leanne. Um, I have to go pack. I'm flying out to Tampa in the morning. I hope everyone has a wonderful, safe week, at which point, uh, Solicitous yeah. Meg, if anyone coughs, feel free to toss them out of the plane <laughs> in the flight. Um, and indeed, uh, make sure you wash your hands after you toss them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Uh, well, I'm, I, I am hoping that we have some form of... I mean, it's like you say, like we say... This could really kind of streamline line management. It could streamline the um, the experience, and I'm hoping I'm hoping for the best. I'm I'm with Katie on this one. I'm Leonard, being optimistic. Leonard, Comic Con fans, this community are they're are they're the best people in the world. I don't hands down. I would I would go to bat for them every time. And if there are ways to do things better, to do things safer, to do th it's going to happen here. And even though we were talking, you know, the Black Lives Matter diversity. This is a community that embraces that. So I just think, I, I, I agree with you guys. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for yeah. the future of conventions. Yeah. yeah. I also think that we're going to see a lot of um, Hannibal Lecter uh, cosplay. <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of Breaking Bad cosplay. Anything involving a mask, basically. Bane. And I'm also yeah. curious if the mask policies will change because there's always been like restrictions on what you can and can't wear at cons but i'm curious if they're going to be a little bit more lenient <laughs> on the mask situation in the future like well you're being safe it's all good your face yeah. is covered you know <laughs> yeah uh, the scare guy horror fans should be first back we have the best absolutely. <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah i agree you know horror conventions everybody's wearing masks so it's all good <laughs> excellent stuff right then um this has been a fun conversation i mean I know the topics haven't exactly been um, fun, but I think we've been optimistic. Um, mm -hmm. I think we're looking to the future, and I think we're looking to an improved convention experience down the line. I think we can all uh, kind of look to those uh, conventions and those opportunities. I mean, we talk about, and the reason why I do the, these shows it's not necessarily all the the talent that we go see or the panels we go and see the Think the you know, the offsites, the experiences. It is the family of fans that we make um, at these shows, and that's who I think that we're missing. And um, I, I can't, I personally can't wait to get back to my family again. Um, it, that's, it's just been, like I say, I think it's been a, a fun conversation, and I hope uh, everyone's enjoyed it as well. Katie, Jim, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much indeed for coming on on our first 
podcast mashup. Um, the pleasure uh, is all ours, Leonard. Yeah, oh, it's, it's just been so much fun. Um, if you could please let everyone know, I mean, we've got it there on the screen. It's the com. But if you can let everyone know once again what um, people can experience at the, the site and also what you get up to. Well, uh, at the site, we. Oh, 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 sorry. I'll go. I'll tell the side, and then we'll yeah. pitch it to yeah, Katie. No so at the side, we are all about convention coverage, but also we're trying to replicate a lot of panels that are happening right now. We just want fans to come experience what they are missing at Comic Cons, and when Comic Cons come back, we're going to be there with you guys. So check us out at theconguy.com, also at thescareguy.com, and uh, we just we can't wait to talk to you guys online. Also, if you are watching this podcast on our website right now at the Con Guy. Make sure you check out Leonard's podcast every week, twice a week. It is one of the best sources of information you guys can get. So I just want you guys to always be checking out Leonard as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm filling up here. I'm filling up. Katie. And uh, yeah, you can, I, I do a lot of the social media. I try to like keep retweeting and liking updates on all of the con guy social media and scare guy social media on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then my personal is KT underscore Christine, which is on the screen. And that's across all social media, including Twitch. So with, with the downtime, I've taken up Twitch to kind of communicate with other video game fans. So if you're a video game fan, you can find me there too. <laughs> Excellent stuff. And for myself, uh, if you are watching this on the Kong Guy, uh, yes, thank you so much indeed for the kind words from uh, Jim. You can find me on our social media uh, on uh, Englishman SDCC, on uh, Twitter, Periscope, Twitch, um, and also on our uh, Facebook page as well, An Englishman in San Diego. We are live uh, each and every um, Wednesday and Sunday. I uh, pause there because I do have every once in a while some incidental episodes, and there is one uh, due. Uh, with uh, Joe Illage from Heavy Metal Magazine, that's going to be uh, announced. Oh, nice! It's uh, he's a he's a sweetheart, is that guy? Uh, but we're going to get into his career. We're going to get into all sorts of topics, including one or two uh, topics that have been raised in recent days on social media. Joe has been uh, a strong supporter of um, uh, creators, and uh, we're going to get into some of the. Um, unsettling moments of uh, comics and uh, the comics industry, but we're going to cover everything. That's a great thing about uh, Joe. The conversation goes everywhere. That is going to be an incidental episode. So please do like and subscribe and hit notifications. So when we go on air at some random time, uh, please do uh, join us on that. Guys, thank you so much indeed for watching. I really appreciate it. Uh, to Jim and to Katie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much indeed for coming on. Pleasure is ours. Excellent stuff. Take care and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Cheers. Excellent. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> right. Um, I am going to do a quick plug for the rest of the episodes for the month and also what's going to be coming up um, in June, uh, July as well. Uh, so I'm very quickly going to bring up um, basically what we've got uh, lined up for. Uh, let me just see if I can get rid of that because we've got ourselves. Um, Two great episodes left for this month. Um, we have got ourselves uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, which will be joining us on Wednesday. And I know that that is not going to be confirmed until he's on screen. But fingers crossed, uh, he is going to be joining us. Uh, we've been speaking to him um, throughout the course of the last week, and he is all ready to go uh, and join us on that show. That's going to be this Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. And then on the last um, Sunday of this month, we do have the return of Russ Burlingame and Mike Avelia. Now, this was, uh, we had this, the last Sunday of last month, we had the guys on, and the world's changed since then. 
um, it's safe to say that um, social upheaval and various um, events in the comics community and comics industry uh, is going to make for an interesting um, conversation. So it's great to have Mike and Russ back on. Um, We just kind of shoot the shit for an hour, and they are really good guys to uh, come on and talk to us about that. That's going to be happening. Um, We have yet to get our guests really nailed down for July, but we are going to be doing something a little bit special for the Comic-Con week. We're not going to be doing what I wanted to do, which was a full week of programming uh, from 10 a.m. Pacific. uh, um, uh, Sorry, uh, yeah, 10 a.m. Pacific for about five hours. I was wanting to do uh, five hours worth of uh, panels each day throughout the convention of uh, what would have been San Diego. However, that would have been treading on San Diego's toes, and now they've got their own stuff to do. So I'm not going to do that. But what we are going to do is a Comic-Con after party. It's going to take place on the Saturday. Um, It is going to be a Zoom event, um, and it is going to be um, a way that we're going to be putting some music on. We're going to have some chats. We're going to have some um, uh, events. We're going to have some quizzes, possibly some karaoke. Basically, if you can grab yourself an adult beverage or two and join us for this, um, it's going to be an after party at a Comic-Con, except it's going to be after Comic-Con at home. We're also going to try and do something where we can try and raise some money uh, for a charitable donation. Um, but we, we're, we're working on some details. We're also working on our guests for next month. And, of course, if there's anyone that you want us to see uh, on the show, please do drop us a line. Tag them into a, a tweet, perhaps. Let them know we're existing, and uh, we'll try and get them on uh, next month. That's us. Thank you very much indeed for your uh, company. Hope you've enjoyed our show, our mashup between an Englishman in San Diego and the con guy. Um, Back again on Wednesday with Bill Sinkevich. From me to you, take care.